Let us pray. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> okay, um, we're going to have a bit of a long introduction because the intro itself has three points. So let's get to it. Um, number one, Monday was my day off and I was in the mall. <clears throat> and as I was leaving toward the car park, I heard this set of instructions being given behind me in perfect Singlish, so to speak. The person said, <clears throat> you go down, 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 then you go down, then you go walk straight. I didn't dare look back. Because I was wondering where else besides in Malaysia maybe that such instructions could even begin to make sense. Down, 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 and then down, and then you walk straight. You turn it into Hokkien, even sounds more better, but never mind, I won't try and do that. <clears throat> That's point one. Point two, um, after the final Alilon sermon, the church white seas, I got a message from someone in the church saying, knowing the end point will help us do our journey. So I replied, end point next sermon. And so I'm keeping my promise today. Third point. Now if I said to you, chapter 11, anybody would know what that means? Those in business community at least? Chapter 11? Understand? Well, um, we read in the news, uh, news report a few days ago that a Singapore company filed under Chapter 11 in the USA. Um, what does Chapter 11 stand for? Well, what does Chapter 13 stand for? Because today, we will talk about beyond Chapter 13. Okay, let's, the end of the intro, so let's work backwards in the reverse order. <clears throat> what has Chapter 11 got to do with today's sermon about being beyond Chapter 13? Actually, almost nothing. just wanted you to think. Um, to quote Wikipedia, Chapter 11 is, in the USA, <clears throat> uh, permits a reorganization of a company under bankruptcy laws. Well, Today, chapter 13 refers actually to the final chapter of the church-wide pulpit series workbook, Authentic Relationships. Anybody already had chapter 13? Okay, never mind. Uh, just let you know, chapter 13, final chapter. So we are trying to say what's beyond that. So after chapter 13, what else? Um, <clears throat> so that's the point two of our intro. Um, so... As the message asks, what's the end point? And that's what this sermon is about. Point one, <clears throat> down, 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 then down, then walk straight. Sometimes we know that sermons do not really seem to have clear direction to the end point. Well, just trying my best to do today uh, to provide some perspective on the end point. So what's the point of all this? All the alelons that we have learned about, all the one another's, which are, describe our re relational responsibilities and mutual behaviours within the community of faith. 
or the church? Well, we've already seen that, number one, <clears throat> it is a commandment because Jesus has said we are to love our neighbours as ourselves, that's what loving people means, and to, one, to love one another as I have loved you, he said. Secondly, we know it is a witness because Jesus continues by this, shall all know that you are my disciples. But there's so much more to loving people and our one another's than just this, I might dare to add. Because the Bible reveals to us that God has great plans for the church. If you look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 to 11, you will hear these rather remarkable words. And you please now listen to God's word. Paul writes, Although I am less than the least of all God, uh, the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. This is about uh, what Jesus did in, in Christ. I mean what God has done in Christ and the gospel. Then verse 10 is one of the most remarkable verses in the whole Bible. His intention, his intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In this, Paul tells us that what has been revealed in Christ is that through the church, through the church, the church has become God's major agent. God's wisdom is revealed not only to people, not only to human beings in the physical realm, but also to all the spiritual beings who inhabit what the Bible calls the heavenly realm. So, beyond the earthly witness of the gospel, by this shall all men know, and discipleship, we who are his disciples need to understand that the church has a cosmic function, has a cosmic function to witness also to the spiritual powers in the heavenly realm. We always tend to think witnessing is only for people. But according to Paul, witnessing intrudes into the spiritual realm as well. And even more remarkably, Paul refers to this as part of God's eternal purpose in Jesus Christ. This is not just a byproduct. It is part of the centre of God's purpose for the church. How then does the church do this? Now we need to fast forward to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 6, which reminds us that the church is the body of Christ, with Christ as our head. So the one and others, the alelons we have studied, are part of the process to get to this point that Paul describes. We are called to build each other up, and Paul provides us with this vision of the goal. So Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16, here again the Apostle Paul. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up 
until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the uh, back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. For him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, it may not sound so in the English, yeah, but in the original Greek, it almost sounds poetic. And no one in his right mind will accuse Paul of being poetic. He's not a poetic person. All the poems that he writes are copied from elsewhere. But this one, in his words, seem even poetic. And this is the end point. The ultimate goal of the church, the body of Christ, the community of faith, to attain corporate Christian maturity. To attain corporate Christian maturity. But this can only happen in the last six words that Paul writes. As each part does its work. And the each part refers to all of us individually. We are the each part. If each of us, each part does not do his work, this will not be occur, will not occur, either be hampered or delayed. This is why we practice our alelons, our one another's. This is why we each need to be an active and vital part of Christ's body, the church. In reference to this passage, David Watson, the late canon David Watson of the Church of England, in his book Discipleship, wrote this. God's purpose is that we should all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Paul's emphasis, again, is our togetherness in Christ. It is as we seek together to deepen our knowledge of the Son of God that we shall grow into spiritual unity and maturity and thus reveal something of the glory of the fullness of Christ. No individual Christian can do this on his own. Paul here and in other passages is thinking primarily of bodily growth, Christ's body, not individual growth. That means corporate, not individual. As the body grows, the individual members will naturally grow. But each member needs the life and gifts of the rest of the body before there can be true development. The more we live as members of one another... Within the body of Christ, the more we shall experience the gifts of the Spirit to edify or build up that body. This is the explanation in some other words. Now, of course, this is the picture of the ideal. And for some of us, it may seem, wow, this one is unattainable. As a pastor, I'm very discouraged by these words. Because I look at the church and say, cannot do, cannot make it. But, we still... Gotta try. In the 1960s, okay, just check. Anyone here alive in the 1960s? Please. I know some of us here not. Come on, admit it live. You're old, you're old, lah, like me. Huh? Okay, that's good. 1960s, ah, maybe more specific. How many of us 
actually watch black and white TV before color. Ah, okay, okay, more honest, right? In the 1960s, when TV was still black and white, there was this program regular called Sports Roundup. That time only Channel 5, Channel 8, nothing else. Um, I watched one episode featuring a Singapore athlete. Not, I'm not sure whether high jumper or pole vaulter, who described his training methodology. He said, I always put the bar at the highest I've ever reached. And so most of the time, I won't clear it. But at least I know every time I jump, I'm still jumping the highest that I can. And you know, the once or twice when I can clear the bar, oh, it feels so good. I think it makes sense. Huh? I don't know whether any high jumpers or pole vaulters here. No, huh? we all jump low and... Okay. Anyway, I think it makes sense. And Ephesians 4 is like setting that bar so high. And that must be our aim. We may not reach it very often. And maybe we never reach it. But at least every time we try, we know that's our best. So I hope that makes sense to you. So, today, second half of the sermon, something different. We're going to learn a song to try and reinforce what we've read and heard. It's an old song. Uh, I don't know, because um, I learned it. You turn to page 4 in the bulletin, and uh, if you're too lazy, which means you'll never reach, but uh, you can follow. We only put the chorus up there. Um, I learned it probably in the 19, late 1970s, so I've been singing it for four, 40 years. It's a song about one another. Its title is, Let Us Open Up Ourselves to One Another. It's not the most elegant title, nor is the most elegant song. Um, but the words and the, ly the, the lyrics summarize what we've been trying to say today um, and in the Love People series. Okay, so the plan is, you learn the, we all learn the chorus together. Those who are in cell leaders, you will have learned a bit. Then let me do the verses, uh, because it's a bit awkward to put all the verses harder to learn. Okay, so um, then... Uh, I must tell you, uh, this guitar is out of production, uh discontinued um, okay this is an electronic guitar made by Yamaha and he plays on his own huh? one two three four what song what song huh tears in heaven Eric Clapton right okay so but uh, <laughs> Okay, let me see. Wait, wait, I gotta get my, 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 uh, spectrum. Alright, so I'm gonna sing the chorus twice first and you try and follow along. Huh? It's not that hard, but. Yeah, wrong finger, really. I'm, I don't play guitar very well, I've not done it for many years, so just forgive all the mistakes and concentrate on learning the song and uh, the words, okay? So let us open up ourselves to one another. 
Brothers, ladies might be angry, so we change the word to each other's love. To be covered by each other's love. To be real and out to identity. Let's all talk. Let us open up ourselves to one another. Without fear of being hurt or turned Covered by each other's 
too often it's too stressful <clears throat> okay so there that's our Alelon song and uh, hopefully um, some of us may adopt this song for this year at least uh, if you need the score the book is out of print songs of the kingdom blue book last time some of us may remember uh, if you want the score because it's our print we can make copies on request uh, I'm not sure whether uh, Amazon still carries. I must go and check, but uh, we will try and help uh, you if you want to try and use this for the small groups. And we want to emphasize that this is, although it's an ideal, it is almost impossible to do it in a service like this. It's best done in the small group, the cell group, or what John, West, uh, John Wesley would have called the class meetings. So we pray that our cell group ministry will take up the challenge not the singing the song, but the challenge of what the song represents to go beyond chapter 13. So, as today we share in this time of the sacrament of Holy Communion, God's means of grace for us, let us pray for God's grace to do this. I don't know if any of us <coughs> use the upper room devotions. Anybody use upper room devotional? You don't do devotions, right? No, the, the kind of laughter, obviously, I'm t touching a bit of truth, but never mind. Uh, it's, it's available online. And uh, last week, uh, as part of the Upper Room devotional, I read this um, by a lady called Hannah. She said, it was a dry, dusty afternoon. Spring was turning into summer in Italy. The smell of the sea drifted from the port and wound through the narrow streets. Difficult circumstances in my life, she says, as an exchange student were overwhelming me. That, uh, that day, after months of hanging in there, I fell apart. As I walked home, my eyes were so full of tears I could barely see. So I sat down. I'm not sure how long I was there before I heard a voice. I looked up, startled, to see a woman calling to me from her window from across the street. She asked again, Excuse me, miss, would you like some tea? A cup of tea will do you good. 
few moments later, she arrived with a cup, a saucer, tea bag, spoon, and kettle. She poured the water for me, offered me milk and sugar, and disappeared, saying only I could leave the cup there when I finished. Years later, I don't remember specifically why I was crying that afternoon, but I remember the cup of tea and the woman's kindness to me. This is simply what it means to go beyond chapter 13 because, you know, like this story, um, if we practice this for one another, we probably will forget the problems, but we will remember the kindness. We will forget the problem, but we will remember the kindness. And why do we do this? Because this is who we are. This is what we do. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for this wonderful ideal that uh, you have provided us in the scripture of what the church ought to be and how we who are each part must do the work or else it will not happen. But thank you for promising that if we do our part, Wonderful things can result through the alelons, through our service, through our increase in Christian maturity. And so we commit this time of Holy Communion to you, that as we join together in this wonderful sacrament, you will grant us the grace to do this for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.